This podcast is brought to you by Bethany Trinity Presbyterian Church. Thanks for listening. If you have your Bibles, uh, you'll be good if you just have it uh, open open in front of you in case, uh, yeah, because I'll be looking at a few other passages outside today's text. How will you feel if you are the messenger of news that will not be well received? I hate uh, being the one who tells someone else that he has cancer or that he has failed his exams. See, we don't like uh, bringing bad news to people. We don't like uh, to hurt people. We don't like to disappoint people. And we also worry that if I give bad news uh, to someone, we're worried that that person uh, will turn against us. Maybe the person will scold us. What, what if the person gets violent? But sometimes we have to give the bad news. So we have uh, two doctors in training here. So if someone has a life-threatening disease, then the doctor needs to say so, uh, even though the patient is unhappy about it. If someone hasn't done well for his exams, well, his teacher needs to fail him, uh, even though the parents will come later to complain. But today we'll see Jesus sending out his disciples as messengers to tell other people about him and about his kingdom, some people accept this message. Some people will reject it. So we'll see uh, what Jesus says and what it means for us today. So our passage starts uh, from chapter 9, verse 35. Verse 35, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them <clears throat> because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. So Jesus was going through the towns and telling people about this kingdom. And as he went through the towns, verse 36 tells us that he has compassion on them. So this means that Jesus is deeply concerned for them because, as the passage says, because they were harassed and because they were helpless. Now, why were they harassed? Well, the teachers, the Pharisees, were the ones harassing them. But they were the ones preventing people from knowing about God's kingdom through Jesus. So in chapter 9, verse 34, just a few verses up, Jesus just cast out, just powerfully cast out a demon that no one else could. And the, and the Pharisees say, this thing is not from God. This good thing is not from God. This good thing is from the devil. Jesus' power is demonic. So when they say that, they want to prevent people from accepting that Jesus has done a miracle in God's name, in God's with God's power. So if if they will not, if people won't accept Jesus, Jesus's miracles, people won't accept Jesus' message. So Jesus' solution is in verse thirty-seven. Okay, do you see what it says? Verse thirty-seven. Then he said to his disciples, "The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few." Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. So verse 37, 38, pray for more workers. And that prayer is answered in chapter 10, verse 1. Verse 1 says, Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. So Jesus answers, God answers the prayer by sending the disciples out. So this is a summary. So verse one is a summary of what they're supposed to do. And so Jesus chooses twelve messengers to do that. In verse five, we have a little bit more detail. 
In verse 5, the 12, uh, Jesus sent out with the following uh, instructions. Do not go out, do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. The twelve here are called apostles. Apostle is, the word apostle means sent. Someone sent to do something. So here Jesus sends the twelve, the twelve messengers, twelve apostles to tell people that the kingdom of heaven has come near. So this is the same message as Jesus in chapter 4. So if you, if you have your Bibles, if, me, if you have your Bibles, please turn with me, chapter 4, uh, verse 17. So in chapter 4, verse 17, Jesus is the one who's uh, preaching about the kingdom. So verse 17 says, From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So just like Jesus, the apostles have to go out to tell people that the kingdom has come. Because the king has come. Now this king is Jesus. How, to, how are they supposed to be in Jesus' kingdom? Well, to be in Jesus' kingdom, the people must realize that they are, that the people must realize that they are outside the kingdom. They must turn from their ways. That's what repentance means. Turn from their ways to accept Jesus, to, to accept King Jesus. To, ex- to submit to what King Jesus has to say. And it's not just that. See, in chap- in, if you back, go back to chapter 10, as the, uh, as the disciples preach, they must also do the same things that demonstrate that Jesus is king. So chapter 10 tells us that they have authority to heal, to raise the dead, to cleanse lepers, and to drive out demons. If you have been with us for the past two weeks, you realize that Jesus did all these things in chapter 8 and chapter 9. Jesus' amazing miracles in chapter 8 and 9 show that Jesus is the one who is going to save people. So by, by giving the, the apostles the same authority to do the same amazing miracles, Jesus is saying, these 12, they are his guys. They are his apostles. And this mission trip, this trip is so urgent that they don't have time to go back home to collect extra money, extra clothes. They must set out immediately and they must trust God to provide. So verse 9 says, Do not get any gold or silver or copper to take with you in your belts. No bag for the journey or extra shirt or sandals or staff. For the worker is worth his keep. Whatever town or village you enter, search there for some worthy person and stay at their house until you leave. So this passage says they can't go home to raise funds. They can't even go home to collect extra clothes. Verse 10 says they need to, they deserve to be paid as workers. And verse 11 tells us that as they go to the, when they go to a village, they need to find a worthy person there who will host them, uh, who will meet their needs. So these 12, these 12 messengers must trust God. They must trust God to provide for, provide for them through their listeners. And Jesus is so confident uh, that of this good harvest that he knows that there will be people who will provide for his disciples. Now how will the disciples know where to go? Well, verse 12 to 14 tell us they will know, they will know uh, based on whether the people welcome them. So the one who welcomes the messengers is the one who is worthy to hear the message. So if they 
don't welcome the messengers, they don't deserve to hear the message. Now, when they when they are being unwelcoming, when they reject the apostles, it's not just the apostles that the people are rejecting. No, they are rejecting Jesus. You see, verse 14 says that those people who reject, they reject the messengers and the message. It's not just the messengers. The message is the what the message is the thing, the word that God that Jesus gave his uh, messengers to proclaim about the kingdom. So by rejecting, by saying no to the apostles and the message, they are rejecting Jesus and his message. Or they're saying, oh, no thanks, I'm fine. They're saying that to the kingdom, and they're slamming the door on King Jesus' face. It was just like uh, America kicking out the Russian ambassador. So they're not just kicking out an individual. They are America, when they do that, they are kicking out Russia as a country. They're not welcoming Russia. But rejecting Jesus is serious because when people reject Jesus, they reject God. They reject God. And those who reject the apostles deserve severe punishment because they reject the one that the, that the messengers represent, Jesus, and in turn, God. The passage tells us about Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah are cities that God destroyed uh, using a burning sulfur coming down from heaven. This is a, is a picture from the Old Testament about how severe God's judgment is. And verse 15 says, those who reject the apostles, uh, they will get worse judgment than burning sulfur falling down from the sky. Now this mission has risks. So Jesus spends the next section from verse 16 onwards telling the, the apostles, well not telling them how to heal someone or how to cast out a demon, or how to raise someone from the dead. Now Jesus talks about the risks and the comforts the 12 apostles have. So verse 16 to 20 sound like bad news for the apostles. So verse 16 says that they are, they'll be going out like sheep among wolves and they will get into trouble with the authorities. So in verse 17, I'll say, says, Be on your guard. You will be handed over to local councils and be flogged in the synagogues. On my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But there is comfort. But these persecutions will be a chance for the apostles uh, to tell those in higher positions about Jesus. So Jesus says, well, don't worry. Now, normally you expect Jesus to say, don't worry, because, well, you, don't worry if you get arrested, because I'll make sure you get out. I'll make sure you'll be safe. Well, no, that's not what Jesus says. Jesus' concern is for the message to go out. So verse 19 says, when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say, for it will not be you speaking but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Here's the comfort. God will provide, will provide them with what to say through the Spirit. So they don't have, and they don't have to share something, that, something supernatural that they don't already know. So verse 18 tells us that they only need to share what they have witnessed, what they have seen. But there are more risks for the apostles. They will be hated everywhere. 
And Jesus just focuses on one group that will hate them especially. And that group is their family members. Verse 21, Brother will betray brother to death. And the father, his son, his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by everyone because of me. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. When you are persecuted in one place, flee to another. Truly I tell you, you will not finish going through the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. I have a younger brother. Uh, I, I, he's a very mischievous boy. Yeah. Uh, I remember there was once he, when he was a young boy, he took the, took a knife and he started chasing the meat around the house. Yeah. So of course we had to powder him. But I, I'm, I powdered him this time and many other times. He has powdered me for my own mischievous actions, but we have never powdered each other to death. Never. For the apostles, many people will hate them for who they represent. But the hate is worth it. You see, if they persevere to the end, they will be saved. And this perseverance doesn't just mean, doesn't mean just uh, persevering in one place. But persevering means that they hold on to Jesus all the way to the end. So if they face uh, persecution in one place, you don't welcome in one place, it's fine. Just go to the next town, and the next town, and the next town. Because the need is so great that they won't be able to finish preaching through all the towns until Jesus returns. They have limited time to do that. Now you might ask, why, why, would, the pers- why would the apostles be persecuted? Aren't they just like the messengers? Aren't they just the postmen? Isn't it just like, does it sound like shooting the messenger? Well, verse 24 says, the, the student is not above the teacher, nor a servant above his master. It's enough for students to be like their teachers and servants like their masters. If the head of the house has been called Beelzebul, how much more the members of his household? The reason uh, that the authorities will hate the apostles is because they hated the apostles' leader first. The religious leaders were the ones who called Jesus the prince of demons. If they called Jesus the prince of demons, well, they have to, the disciples have to expect uh, that they will be persecuted too. See, the apostles didn't, cannot supersede, cannot surpass Jesus' position. So if the authorities hate Jesus, they will hate the apostles. Now in Jesus' day, this is a scary thought. Religious leaders had a lot of authority. If they decide to throw you into jail, you will go to jail. If they decide to flog you, you, you will be flogged. Then if that happens, then the, the, the apostles can't continue their mission. Now to this situation, Jesus says, don't be afraid. He says, don't be afraid. Three times to emphasize it. So there are three reasons uh, not to be afraid. So firstly, no matter what happens, Jesus' message will go out. So verse 26 says, So do not be afraid of them, for there is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed, or hidden that will not be made known. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. So what Jesus is saying, what Jesus is saying here is that the, the message about the kingdom will go out. The persecutors can never stop this message. So don't worry about it. But secondly, the persecutor's power is limited. It's limited. So verse 28 tells us, Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both the soul and the body in hell. 
the persecutors, they can't send people to hell. They can torture you, they can kill you, and that's all they can do. So what Jesus is saying is, well, fear God instead. Have a right fear. Well, because God is the one who can, who can kill you, and after you die, send you to hell. Fear God means that you recognize God as God. And the apostles must revere God by obeying Jesus to keep sharing this message, to keep proclaiming the message. And the last reason why they don't have to be afraid is because God cares for them. So if they do suffer, it's because God allowed it. Verse 29 says, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. However, even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth much more than many sparrows. The apostles are worth much more than the Tencent sparrows that God cares for. So if God cares for the sparrows, God would definitely care for the apostles, for his messengers. Now Jesus didn't promise that the apostles would be okay, nothing would happen because God cares for them. No, that's not what Jesus says here. But it's comforting to know that no matter what they go through, God cares for them, especially when they're suffering. And there's another comfort in verse 32 to 33. Because this is where Jesus, Jesus also cares for them. Jesus will acknowledge to God those who face persecution and those who stand firm. If they don't stand firm, Jesus will not acknowledge them. This passage shows that there is risk and there is comfort for us as messengers. So we too uh, face persecution from those who hate Jesus. Uh, they, they could come from your family, could come from your authorities in your country or your organization. Uh, people will hate us for being the messenger. Uh, they will shoot the messenger for telling the truth. But friends, we can be unafraid. We can be bold for the same three reasons. We can be unafraid because the message will never be defeated by the persecutors. Also, we can be unafraid of the persecutors because they can only harm the body. And if they harm the body, they'll just help us to be with Jesus. And lastly, we can be unafraid because our Father cares for us, yeah, even when we are persecuted. I spoke to a missionary uh, from a, who came, a Singaporean missionary who was based in a Middle Eastern country. So she's there to tell people about Jesus. She's been there for many years. And she said uh, on her employment contract, well, they are the usual details. So how much you are paid, how much uh, leave you get. But there's this section of this contract that said, what would you like to do with your body if you die on the job? Do you want to be buried in the, in the home country, in the host country? Or would you want your body to be brought back to Singapore? Or would you want to be cremated and have your ashes scattered? As she, as she was sharing, sharing with me uh, about her, her stories, she also showed, she told me that many of her colleagues died. They died because they wanted to tell people about Jesus. Despite this, she and many others continued to tell people about Jesus. They are unafraid to acknowledge Jesus, even though death is very real to them. Friends, when Jesus meets them in heaven, he will acknowledge them before his Father in heaven. Well, for us, even though we don't face death in Singapore for talking about Jesus, 
I think we are much more likely to disown Jesus. But we disown Jesus by not telling other people about about him. We might be embarrassed to tell people that we go to church on Sundays. We might say, okay, I'm just passing by here. I'm just going to the kindergarten to take a look. Or even if a golden opportunity comes up, we will change the topic to talk about something else, maybe the weather or maybe last night's football score or something. But friends, if you disown Jesus, the passage says, Jesus will disown you before the Father. Friends, Jesus has compassion on those outside the kingdom, on our friends, on our family members, on our colleagues, on our classmates. And Jesus cares for them so much that he sent you. He sends you to be his messengers, to sends you to tell them uh, to uh, tell them to submit to the king. Friends, face the risk. I take comfort in what Jesus says and be Jesus' messengers to tell people about him. Because whoever acknowledges Jesus before others, Jesus will also acknowledge before his Father in heaven. We've seen that it's difficult for Jesus' messengers. But it also will be difficult for those who welcome uh, the messengers and the message. So I call these people the welcomers. So Jesus uh, tells us that he, he has come to bring a sword. So verse 34 says, Do not suppose I have come to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Jesus divides people. So verse 35 to 36 says that Jesus divides even the most basic uh, relationships in the family. And and instead of love in the family, uh, a man's enemies will come from his family, from his own household from his children, from his, from his daughters, from his mother. But if you, are, if you are here during Christmas and if you are paying attention in, I don't know, in Orchard Road, you realize that people like to say, something, this is something that people like to say about Christmas. They like to say that Christmas means peace on earth. And we, that's, that, is, that is what uh, uh, Andrew Wong preached, yeah, there will be peace on earth. But why is it here that Jesus says that he did not come to bring peace? Why is there a difference? Is there a contradiction? Oh yes, Jesus comes to bring peace. Peace on earth between God and man. But this peace between God and man divides men. You see, not everyone will accept Jesus' message. Some will, some won't. Between those who will and those who won't, there won't be peace. So what happens to those people who put family above Jesus? Well, verse 37 to verse 38 uses this same phrase three times to describe this person. That phrase is, not worthy of me. Verse 37, anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their, do- their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. If you love your family more than you love Jesus, if you love anything more than you love Jesus, then you are not worthy of Jesus. In verse 38, Jesus uses 
says the exact same thing, but instead of talking about family, he uses language about execution, about carrying their cross. So the welcomers, they must love Jesus more than they love their families, even if it means losing everything and losing their lives. But the benefit of loving Jesus more most is to, is to have life, to have eternal life. Verse 39 says, Whoever finds their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. So even, even if you suffer to the point of losing your life now, you will gain eternal life. So because eternal life is at stake, the welcomers must respond correctly to the messengers. But they must welcome the messengers so that the messengers will come into their house and share their message. And they must welcome the message. And if they welcome the message, it's not just well, them well, saying, okay, saying, accepting whatever letter the, the postman has for them. But no, it's a big thing. See, verse 40 tells us that if they, if they accept the message, they accept the author of the message. Verse 40, Anyone who welcomes you, welcomes me. Anyone who welcomes me, welcomes the one who sent me. So if they, if they welcome the apostles and the message, verse 40 says they welcome Jesus. If they welcome Jesus, they, are, they welcome God who sent Jesus. And if they welcome God, Jesus says here that God will definitely reward them. So here, and here Jesus is still speaking to his apostles about their listeners, about their welcomers. So what the, the apostles must do is that they must also warn they are welcomers of that this is the cost of following Jesus. Their own family will, will reject them. People will, will close their doors on them. But if they lose their lives now for Jesus, they will find it. They will. But for us, we don't have the apostles here with us. But their message, the king's message, Jesus' message, is preserved for us or in the Bible. So to welcome their message is to welcome what the Bible says, to listen to what the Bible says, even if this will cause me trouble with my family and my friends. My first year of uni at SMU, I met a Chinese student. So this Chinese student wanted to know more about Jesus. So we met over a long period uh, to, to read the Bible, to, to find out who Jesus is. And one day he decided... Yes, he wants to be a Christian and he, and he started coming to church in our first year of, of uni. But in the second year, he suddenly stopped. Suddenly stopped, stopped coming to church. Yes, he stopped coming for all the Christians. Christian things, stopped reading the Bible. And so I asked him, well, why do you stop? So he said that after the first year, he went back home to China and he told his family that he became a Christian. And his family, his parents, were very angry. So he thought hard about it, and he came back to tell me, because, of, because his parents didn't want him to be Christians, because he doesn't want to be a Christian anymore, he's decided to stop. Friends, people will hate you. They will. They will hate you for accepting Jesus' message. And giving up is the easy way out. Or compromising with them is the easy way out. 
I'll just say you, you stop following Jesus and people will love you again. And then you will be able to find your life now. But verse 39 tells us, if you find your life now, you will lose it. Whoever loses their life for Jesus' sake instead will find it. Also, I've recently met Christians who, whose parents will forbid them from coming to, to coming to church. But even though this is what their parents think, they still go for the university Christian group and they do that diligently and they, they're regular and they help out without their parents knowing. But they do this because they have welcomed the messengers. They have welcomed the message. And they love Jesus more than they love their family. Because they love Jesus more and because they have welcomed his message, they will certainly not lose their reward. Friends, will you be willing to accept Jesus' message? Or even if your friends laugh at you, even if your colleagues start to keep their distance, or even if your parents start to opposing you, start to oppose you? If you if you are, then Jesus says you will certainly not lose your reward. Let's conclude. But Jesus has so much compassion on people on the outside, on people outside the kingdom that he has sent us to proclaim his message. And many people don't like Jesus' message. So this means that the messengers and the welcomers, they will face opposition from the friends, from the family, from, from everyone. But this is worth it. Whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for Jesus' sake will find it. Thanks for listening to this podcast brought to you by Bethany Trinity Presbyterian Church. For more information, visit us online at bcpc.sg.